Well, I tell you, this episode of Beer Me and Movies full of just ordinary language, terrible jokes, and just off-color remarks, and you'd best be to not listen to it at all. It's time for Beer Me A Movie. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And this is the show where me and Brian go back and forth, surprising each other week after week with what we're going to talk about next week, except for when we don't. Because sometimes we have guests who like to write letters to our homes, requesting what they want us to talk about with them, as is the rules with guests, I suppose. But Kyle from the Experience Grind podcast, number one, welcome. Number two, why'd you do what you did? (laughs) <laughs> hey everybody thanks for having me i don't know why i did what i did i kind of do <laughs> uh famously that is uh that's the movie that broke ryan <laughs> just the one movie that broke ryan then that was really in his lifetime to, it started the downtrend for sure <laughs> <laughs> he used to be such a, a happy-go-lucky perky boy yeah. and then and then and then and then i've always felt guilty about it and i've always been curious like is it the movie or was it Ryan? So I, I decided I needed a little experiment. I needed to throw this out to some other people who uh, talk about movies for no other reason than they like to and see what they thought about it, too. And, so you're uh, doing like sociological experiments on your friends without asking for permission first. Oh, that's the best <laughs> type of sociological experiments. Mm-hmm. Just I, doing I, it without like repercussions to the wind as a true scientist should. Right. I really dig the theatricality behind it with the letter and all. That was, uh, was a good touch. Oh, it was great. Did you happen to have a sorry for your lost letter just lying around? You're like, this is hysterical. Would you like run to Target and you're like, Haha, I got a whole plan for this one. Yeah, I went during my lunch break at work because I was killing time. And I was like, oh, it'll be funny. I'll do this because I don't know if you guys know me or not, but I'm what the kids would call extra. <laughs> so, uh, you know. I just got to go that one step above and beyond. So, as you do. As you do, of course. And we appreciate it. Kyle has uh, blessed us with Dude, Where's My Car? From the year 2000, directed by famous director Danny Liner. Good old Danny Liner. He has directed another movie that I know about because uh, Roger Ebert famously did not see this movie. Fair enough. No, it's not fair enough because Roger Ebert somewhat famously gave another Danny Liner movie three out of four stars, and it was Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. I was going to say, there's only one movie it can be. And he <laughs> loved it. Yeah, I can see that. And he loved it so much to the point that he said, one secret of fiction is the creation of unique characters who are precisely defined. The secret of comedy is the same, with the difference being that the characters must be obsessed with unwholesome but understandable human desires. Many Mm -hmm. comedies have the same starting place. A hero who must obtain his dream, which should, if possible, be difficult, impractical, eccentric, and immoral. As he marches toward his goal, scattering conventional citizens behind him, we laugh because his selfishness, and because secretly that's how we'd like to behave if we thought we could get away with it. Hmm. Lot to unpack there. There is. And (laughs) because he liked that movie so much, he asked Dan Geyer, 
who was the president of the Chicago Film Critics Association, if he should go see Dude, Where's My Car? And Dan Geyer said, you don't need to really rush out for that one if you like this one <laughs> so much. I thought Harold and Kumar was after Dude, Where's it My was, Car? It was, but yeah. he had never seen this movie, and no one knows if he had ever seen this movie in his lifetime, but he I was definitely curious about it. I bet okay. you after watching Harold and Kumar, he probably went back and watched it, and he's like, you know what? I'm not going to review it, but I've seen it. Checked it off his bucket list. Yeah. Which is good that he had it due to the death, obviously. Right. The bucket list needed some checking. Kyle, I need to ask you a very, very serious question about this movie. Yeah, buddy. You have a giant poster. I sure do. Why? Uh, so, uh, similar to, I think Brian also shared this great privilege. Uh, my very first job I ever had, I worked at a movie theater. And one of the privileges of working at a movie theater is that uh, you get to take the posters home when the movie run is done. That's true. I have a whole box full of movie posters that I don't even know what's in there anymore. I also have a giant poster of uh, Planet of the Apes as well. I think it's even bigger. The Timothy than my... Burton one? Yeah. Uh, the one I have is uh, Michael Clark Duncan in the gorilla makeup. Like nice. just a, It's giant oh, of just his face. It's really cool looking. Um but yeah, that and Dude, Where's My Car are like my biggest ones. But I do have a shit ton of other just cool-ass movie posters. Maybe we should do like a, an unboxing between you two. That'd we be fun. Throw I'm on pretty Patreon. sure I have a Snakes on a Plane one. Yeah. Ooh, that's really tight, man. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> that, is, that is really tight. I'm trying to think of what... It, I gave a lot of cool ones away, too, because like I could yeah. get cool stuff for them. Like it was, it was a pretty sweet deal a lot of times. I get it, man. I worked at a video store. When you work at a video store, you're like the sheriff. So you worked at the video store like yeah. Ryan famously did. That's pretty awesome, too. Yeah. What was the name of yours? Was it a family? Hollywood video? You worked at a Hollywood? That's tight. It was tight. I got to wear the purple shirt and everything. Isn't that oh, where uh, Tarantino nice. worked? Wasn't he a I'm Hollywood? I'm not sure if it did, but it, it took me way too long to realize that all my years at Hollywood Video, when I had to wear the purple shirt, that I had a woman shirt on. Oh. Because <laughs> it buttoned definitely the wrong way. Oh, it was the left side. But I was just way too young to recognize that that was the thing. I thought it was just... Uh, it just fit weird. Made wrong? Because Hollywood video, uh, they were cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, it just was a woman's shirt the whole time. I was a Michael Scott, pretty much. You had your work blouse on. I did. <laughs> it was mysterious. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I do have like a giant full-size Dude Where's My Car vinyl poster. That is, shockingly, one of my most prized possessions. I do need to hang it up again. I do love that thing. When you die, are you going to get cremated or buried? Uh, I mean, I've always said cremated if I do anything. So can we, before they throw you in the fire, can we put you in a box and yeah. lay the Dude Where's My Car poster over the coffin? And then march you through the streets of wherever? <laughs> you got to put me on it like Jesus on the cross in front of it, like string me <laughs> to it, and then carry that through the streets. And we're going to be silently chanting, and then, then. and then. <laughs> well, yeah, make man. it seem like you died for someone's sins. I don't That'll know. Be... Maybe Is this how religion starts? I think, I think so. so. I mean, okay. Zoltan. Zoltan. Follow Zoltan. us, you sheep. How Sparks killing it in this flick. Everyone's killing this flick. Come Everybody on, man. Is Everybody. It. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a hot take, and I don't think it will be. Now, this movie fucks. <laughs> this movie. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I uh, discovered while watching this, I've never seen it before. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Surprising. What a gift, yeah. then, Brian. You're welcome. I always thought I had. And then I was like, wait, what's this nonsense 
with the transfunctioner. Continuum transfunctioner. The continuum transfunctioner. So what are your thoughts then, man? Oh, wow. man. This is awesome. I thought it was going to be, you know, really stupid. And it was, but in yes. the best way. In the best possible way. Do you want to get into it? Well, the, do the story motivation that's yeah. whatever scoring system we have, whatever we're calling it. Whatever our, our scoring system. Oh, we, we'll get to that later. Or now. Let's do it now. I'm in the Let's mood now. now. I have notes for when we get to certain parts, gentlemen. Excellent. Kyle held up a Columbo-like notepad. I do everything on Columbo notepads. I have so many of these because they're free at work. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, Kyle has done <laughs> Are <air> they? <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. I don't want to be an accomplice to his notepad thefts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ugh. So our scoring system is out of 100 points. Uh, 10 categories, 10 points each. We got an email this week from, from Mr. Phil Hawkins. Hi, Phil! And he says, gentlemen and Dave, I wanted to throw an idea <laughs> for the new movie rating scale and see if it can generate discussion for you and the listeners. What about playing off the IBU scale for beer? The International Bitterness Unit is used to determine how bitter a beer tastes from zero to theoretically infinite bitterness. But for the podcast scale, a lower score would indicate how bitter you are about the film. The inverse of the IBU, if you will. My suggestion for the new Beer Me movie rating system is the inverse bitterness scale, or IBS for short. Hey, that sounds like my tummy! You could also go with IBS scale if it sounds better, even if it makes less sense, like ATM machine. <laughs> or DC Comics. <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's his suggestion for the name of the rating scale. He also included a question, but then said he'll take his answer off the air. And no, I don't, no, no, I don't, Phil! Phil, we make the rules here, that. okay? We make the rules. <laughs> his, uh, his follow-up question is, if time travel in the Terminator movies can only work on organic material, how does the T-1000 travel back in time in T-2? Its whole body is made of liquid metal, nothing organic. In fact, why is the T-1000 naked when it travels in 1991 in the first place? It can make its skin look like anything, yet it chooses to be ass naked, as if that has any bearing on its ability to time travel. Can I uh, quote Terminator back to Phil? Yeah. Because I love that movie? Yeah. Fuck you, asshole. Oh. <laughs> I thought that the exterior could mimic, but then it does just mimic the clothes, too. Why didn't he come back? Why yeah, wouldn't I don't he know. come back wearing clothes? Because have you mm. seen 80s Arnold? Mm. That's why <laughs> yeah, he had talking, to be naked. We're talking Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick is also naked. He's talking about the T-1000. Yeah, have you ever seen Robert Patch? Oh, yeah. I mean, when you get, you get <laughs> Robert Patrick naked, you're going to. That's a good point. That's a good Phil. Uh, thanks for the food for thought. Yeah, we'll and mull it over. Yeah, and let's take this name for a spin and see how it feels. Let's get some IBS. Let's get some IBS going. Our first category story motivation, which, of course, we read directly off the Wikipedia. Uh -huh. Best friends, Jesse, played by Ashton fucking Kutcher. Yeah, I'm giving it to him. <laughs> and right. Chester, Sean fucking William fucking Scott. Sean Woo! with two ends. He gets a double, baby. What? <laughs> <laughs> We've had a lot of fun with the spelling of the name Sean over the years. I've never seen it S-E-A-N-N. N-N. That's got to be a Canadian thing. Is he Canadian? Uh, it looks Canadian. He's got a flappy head. He's also in, uh, he's in that The Goon movie. Goon's a great movie. He's very good in Goon. Yeah. No, like Sean when you Scott Google Sean boys. William Scott underneath all it says is American actor. Okay. <laughs> okay. American pie actor? He's from Minnesota. So, I mean, he's awfully damn oh, close. Cl right. Okay. You know okay. what? Basically. Basically, basically Canadian. Canadian. Sorry about the location of your state there. <laughs> Sorry, boot that. Uh, 
The two awaken with hangovers and no memory of the previous night. Their television is on, showing a program about animals using twigs and rocks as tools to get food. Weird that you'd include that in a Wikipedia synopsis, unless <laughs> really? it was maybe going to come back later. I have this in my notes as Chekhov's primate. <laughs> <laughs> in the program is a monkey nicknamed Andrew. Is that really a nickname, though? I think that's, it's the monkey's that's a, name. That's a name. That's a name. There's no Nick about it. If his name was Nick, you could call it a nickname, but you his name's could Andrew. Have point. I mean, if they had said, like, the monkey's name was Andy, that was his nickname. Like, that would I'd be a nickname that. for yeah. Andrew. Yeah. Their refrigerator is filled with containers of chocolate pudding, and the answering machine contains an angry message from their twin girlfriends, Wilma, played by Marla Sokoloff, and Wanda, played by Jennifer fucking Garner. And they're like, hey, where are you guys? So this whole chocolate pudding thing put me like into a weird rabbit hole because a bunch of us are doing like a 52 week movie challenge where there's yeah. like a, a, a 52 year gap that we've chosen 1970 to 2022 where we have to watch a movie that we've never seen before and i watched this movie with the fridge fu- full of pudding and then the first movie that we all had a uh, pick was the year 2002. 2002 i think it was and i had to watch punch drunk love and it was weird that pudding played a major role in that too. Yeah, so much. So like, I thought I was like aneurysming, and just it was like a <laughs> strange pudding dream. It was the two thousands. Pudding was huge back then. Pudding was huge. Bring we still had Bill Cosby on the good guy side. Like it that's was true. You know what? That's what did it. I think. That's Come on over here, and I'll show you what I put in your Jello pudding pop. <laughs> Might be the worst Cosby I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably better, though, because no one's going like, to get confused. Yeah, and like, I'm yeah, not going to get true. swatted over it. In a bad way, I really enjoyed the impression of Cosby. So, Can I do one more? It's the only other word I could say that he says. Ready? <laughs> I yeah. already know what this is going to be. See <laughs> y'all. <laughs> better. It's because I'm not wearing a sweater, and I'm not mm. drugging and raping people. Like, I'm not in character. You guys are, you, Did you guys watch Punky Brewster ever? A little yeah. bit back in the day, yeah. Back in the day. Air punky. <laughs> <laughs> was right there, on the nose, boys. Amazing. Uh, right. Brian, do you have an 80s uh, <laughs> show impression that you could do? Because you're kind of odd man out right now. Yeah, no, I'm feeling really on the spot right now. You could just really cop out and just be like, oh, I'll be a bar patron and cheers. Norm! Norm! <laughs> hey. Hey. That's 70s also. Not important, Brian. Also the 70s. Uh, Not important, yeah. (laughs) Jesse and Chester also learn that they've almost been fired from their jobs when Mm. their boss shows up at the house. Like, hey, 30 pizzas that went undelivered last night. So you guys know how, like, when movies are impactful for you, they stay with you. And, like, (laughs) sometimes they just become part of your essence. Uh, The phrase, look a unicorn. Oh, it must have been a regular horse weird. <laughs> I've said <laughs> countless times in my life. And of course, nobody ever gets the reference, but I'm like, that's no, ah, very specific. Must have been reference. a regular horse weird. <laughs> I have a weird story about this scene. And it involves the first time I ever saw this movie, also, which is even stranger. Like, I remember the exact place I was in and the exact girl I had my arm around, who oh. we, I called girlfriend at the time. And it was serious because okay. it was like a week. I mean, yeah, you guys were going to see, dude, where's my car? Had to be serious. No, it was in a friend's living room we saw this. And she dumped me literally during this scene. (laughs) Mm. Mm. 
and I and felt the weirdness of it all happening, and it was right after the look a unicorn, and then I did that, and literally Irish exited out because it nice. felt right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that then, stayed with you. Weirdly, I rode my bike to the video store and rented this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that story just gets better. I wasn't done watching the movie. And then I sad watched it alone. Dude, when the pizza fell on the floor, it was like your heart. It's such a perfect stoner comedy setup. Like It really is. It's so oh, simple, yeah. man. It's so yeah. simple. And you know what's going to happen, but it's perfect the whole way through. And, Especially I mean, when you watch it in the dark after getting broken up with on an inflatable <laughs> chair. It's a little bit blurry because of the tears. No, it's because of VHS. That too. <laughs> Mostly. On, on the standard definition TV. And we will circle back around to it, but come on. Fucking Sean William Scott and Ashton Kutcher playing stoners. Like it's perfect. It's it's oh, perfect. It's perfect. Wow. Just uh and fucking for real, like Sean William Scott is just the must have been a regular horse weird. The <laughs> delivery is just mm. I kiss a chef over that scene. I will. Yeah. <laughs> it sticks with you. I'm I don't glad, think that's man, how that usually works. I'm so glad you guys are into this so much. Mm. Mm. The two emerge from their home to find Jesse's car missing, and with it, their girlfriend's Wait. first anniversary presents. We have completely skipped over a very important baseline character of this entire movie, and that is Gene. We haven't. Wikipedia has. Well, yes, of course. Wikipedia doesn't give a shit about Gene. Gene. But I do. Gene is crucial. Gene, Gene lives in the closet. Gene is phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he comes out once a day to piss in a plant, and then goes back on, back into his closet. I love, too, like, he's just a playoff of, like, the guy on the couch from Stephen Wright. Baked. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And he even looks like Stephen Wright. It's like knockoff Stephen Wright. They're just like, oh, hey, remember this in Half-Baked? That's funny. Let's do that. I think my favorite part is he's like, oh, your buddy Gene, when he moves, like, I don't know, Gene. I thought you knew Gene. Like, I don't know, Gene. <laughs> and then it's carry on. It's like, Because eh. <laughs> Gene's not a threat. Gene's cool. You just know Gene's it. Gene's cool. Yeah. Right. the plants watered. Gene's a good dude. Does he sleep standing up? Like, he must. It's not a very big a closet. closet. It's a beautiful thing. But I also like how they just assume that they bought their girlfriend's gifts and that they're in the car. They're like, that's definitely missing. in the car. They have yeah. no clue. <laughs> They don't even look for them. They look like right around them. They're like, uh, we don't have them. Oh, they must be in the car. <laughs> they <don't. laughs> They're not directly in front of us. There's only one place they could be. Mm. This prompts Jesse to ask the film's titular question. Dude, where's my car? He said the thing. He did say the thing. He, he said, said the, the thing, thing quite a lot. Oh, yes. So many times. Repetition is comedy, right? But I like how tired of walking they get like super fast. <laughs> And then the scene that absolutely broke me was when they were trying to get rides from their elderly neighbors and they kept getting hit by the car. <laughs> getting run over. And I lost it laughing. <laughs> it's so dumb, dude. It really is. Like, it's so stupid. That's what makes it amazing. It's just so fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> Oh, Mrs. Krabappel, she'll give us a ride. Bang. I guess she didn't see me. <laughs> this era, like, the way that it's shot is almost like an MTV music video. And what I'm like, yeah. it's, it's super crisp and almost like slightly overexposed. So everything is really popping, especially on like this suburban street. And I, I just love the way that it looks. And it's just so happy go lucky. And they're getting plowed by cars. <laughs> it's so good, man. Uh, another big nod up here. How about this fucking pop puck soundtrack, Brian, all throughout? I know you're loving this every time it's, they're like uh... transition. <laughs> They're like, hey, let's uh, let's put in a Ween B track here. <laughs> <laughs> it's music. <laughs> it's there. It no great. one will deny that. 
Because the girls have promised them a, quote, special treat, which Jesse and Chester take to mean sexual intercourse, the men are desperate to retrieve their car. The duo begins retracing their steps in an attempt to discover where they left the car. Along the way, they encounter. <laughs> I like I've, how Wikipedia just lists it. Wikipedia just has this long paragraph with all of these different things they encounter. I bulleted it out for ease of. Reading. Oh, okay. Well, that's good at least. A transgender stripper. Yeah. And then a belligerent speaker box operator at a Chinese restaurant's drive-thru. That's the most famous scene in this movie, right? It has to be. It must be. I knew exactly what it was, and I haven't seen this movie. I think even it's though I thought that I had. or the, the dude's sweet uh, tattoo it's, scene. Yeah that's, yeah, that's up there, It's too. a toss-up between the two. That speaker box, it just escalates. <laughs> just keeps on going. I forgot how long it was. Well, just like, it's all in the repetition. It's This movie is just based on the fact that, like, hey, this is funny. I'm going to show it to you until it's not funny. Until it's not funny. And then keep showing it to you until, until it's funny again. Until it's funny again. again. Exactly. Seth, that's, yeah, Seth MacFarlane, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the formula. God, is very Seth MacFarlane Family Guy-esque. Maybe, is that why I like it so much? <laughs> it might be. The actual, uh, the Chinese food restaurant has a, a sign when they first pull up, and it has uh, the characters in Mandarin, Hai Yu Ni, which translates to, is there anything else? Oh, <laughs> that's very good. That's, that's a smart that's joke. Detail, yeah. That's what you come to do. Where's my car for? Is smart, that's right? The smart <laughs> comedy. Uh huh. You come for the smart, <laughs> the comedy. low key. You stay for the special treats. Highbrow. You need to know Mandarin to get this joke. Yeah. <laughs> Before we uh, get to the the Chinese food, though, then we also meet the dude from Office Space, uh, Michael Bolton. The, yeah, their their hippie friend with his his stoner dog. Nelson. What is that the dog's name? No, it's not the, Chico. No, the Jackal. dog's name is Jackal. That's right. But I'm I'm going to get to that. It, okay, sorry. Wikipedia doesn't really list it in order for some reason. Because <sighs> Wikipedia's wrong. Isn't Jackal also a Family Guy joke? With it uh, is. Jackal? It's a Jackal. Jackal? It's a Jackal. With Pictionary, is it? Uh huh. Is it a Jackal? Wasn't a Jackal the first time? Dude, Seth MacFarlane <laughs> loves this movie. <laughs> I think it's so. the basis of his entire animated career. <laughs> Did you guys laugh at the at Ashton Kutcher flipping out? Yeah, absolutely. Of yeah. course, every time. That's pretty good. Every time, Brian says. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> one for one on laughing. Ah, the way he's like, he's trying to be cool, but you could tell he's getting mad. God, actors, guys. They Acting. act good. <laughs> well, they Ashton sometimes... Kutcher's really good at the freak out. Like Kelso on that 70s show, it's oh, yeah. something special whenever he goes over the top. And I like how he tries to like contain it here until he just can't anymore. And then he just blows his lid and, and freaks out on the, on the drive-thru speaker. <laughs> Other things they encounter, according to Wikipedia, in, sure. in no particular order. Two tattoos they discover on each other's backs. Dude! Sweet. Did you guys like that in the card, too? I that loved was, it. That was amazing. Yeah. Even I got that one. Again, I'm extra. You really are. <laughs> UFO cultists led by Zoltan, Hal fucking Sparks, oh, man. who later holds the twins hostage. Who else does he roll with? He rolls with some cool-ass people. He's got Donkey Lips in his crew. Donkey Jeff? Lips is there. He's got, yeah, Jeff. He's got that actor, one uh, girl who's name? always really super serious on Mr. Show. And that's and like also, her whole entire thing. Gail. She's Gail the Snail. Gail the Snail, Always yeah. Sunny. Yeah, from Always Sunny. Holy shit, she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah, dude. 
It's great. And then the, the weird you don't dude with the bald head that's like got the long face. He's in a lot of things. He's in so many things. And I, I have no idea what his name yeah. is. And I did not include him on our cheat sheet here. It's okay. So, um, But he's great, too. He's yeah, fantastic. Jeff. Jeff is great. He doesn't get a Z name yet. <laughs> Even though he's allowed to play the sixth synth keyboard. I wonder what the process is in getting your Z name. Probably gotta, you got to spend a night up in House Sparks Loft. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, Sultan, why don't you come up and pop some of my shirt? What? That's what they're wearing. It's the little poppies. Right, they have the, the bubble wrap. That's what the word is I couldn't get to. The journey this movie goes on, but the way that it like it's it slowly builds into it, because they get kidnapped by the UFO cultist before yeah. anything else UFO-wise comes in. And at first you think, like, oh, they're just zany wackadoos. But then it's like, oh, wait, this is like the central point to the whole flick. (laughs) Somehow, yes. (laughs) Somehow, which I had no idea about at all. Very surprised. It does come like out of nowhere. You're like, oh, wow, it's legit. They then encounter a Cantonese speaking Chinese tailor who has made them uh, custom jumpsuits. Track suits. (laughs) Track suits. I didn't realize how funny that was until watching it this time. That is very funny. Extremely funny. And then they, they reenact an entire music video. It's That's fantastic. also a, a huge, awesome bit. <laughs> There's no reason to be there other than they're like, I want to. Well, I also feel like that, I was as I was watching it this time, I was like, oh, this is clearly padding the length of this movie to get feature length here. It's <laughs> exactly what this is. <laughs> I feel like they probably take that entire scene out when it's on TV. Prob- maybe. Oh, it's absolutely. Like, it's like three minutes for sure. And I'm like, this is just, we're getting to 88 minutes here to cross this threshold. <laughs> just just got to get it into uh-huh. the theaters. Uh-huh. How long do we want to sit at this red light with Fabio? Man. They I- do that. <laughs> I forgot Fabio's in this movie also. Man. Fabio is in this movie. They actually, they wanted to hit him in the face with a goose as he, as he peeled out at the end that of the scene. That was my Fabio fact. I had that written down. <laughs> Fabio doesn't think that's funny. He hit uh, a goose Fabio was with like, his face no. on the, I believe it was at uh, Kings Island in Ohio. Okay. He hit a goose on the Top Gun ride. <laughs> Didn't he get like all butthurt about it too? Be like, oh, these gooses are going to ruin roller coasters for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly what he said. Uh, just like that. Whatever happened uh, to Fabio? He probably got old. Yeah, okay. man, once he got old <laughs> enough to be like, like, he's not <laughs> hot anymore. He's got like he's balding, and you know he's got like saggy tits instead of probably, muscles. yeah. Like, and it's hard to be an international sex symbol when you start looking like shit. Although who's Bear, that guy that has trust like, me? Who is trust me? He had the leather face. <laughs> Brian peaked early. <laughs> <laughs> it was like seventh grade. It was George something. I forget his name, but he was hot up until like his nineties. Good for him. You know what I'm talking about? He was always no on like clue. He wore white and the glasses and. Oh, Burgess Meredith. Yeah, smoke uh, shop. Uh, I can't. It has nothing to do with this movie, though. <laughs> Lloyd Bridges. Ooh, yeah, Fabio, Fabio hit a goose with his face, and then Jesse and Chester make out in the car. Is this movie, outside of, like, Jesse dropping the hard F against the Dalai Lama, surprisingly pro-LGBTQ? <laughs> yeah, but also I, surprisingly but also, very yeah. anti-trans? I See, but they refer to her as a she throughout the movie. They never misgender her. They do, but he also wipes his That's tongue true. after they make out. I mean, yes. <laughs> Comedically. That Comedically. is true. But at the later point when she is making out with her boyfriend, uh, Chester <laughs> goes, are we supposed to be grossed out by this? And he goes, That's I true. don't care. 
You're right. Yeah. Well, you know what? This movie might have been a little bit ahead of its time. A Not entirely. Uh, There's still some missteps. It has some step backs, too. Obviously, the big F. I was like, oh, man. Oh. Mm, I, yeah. I will argue that it's very ahead of its time later. I will argue it hard. <laughs> okay. Too. Okay. They also encounter... The Zen-minded Nelson, played by David fucking Herman, there we and go. his cannabis-loving dog Jackal. There's the office spaceman. He speaks very oddly, like uh, a baby Yoda or a Yoda-esque t- type character. Mm. He's definitely the imparter of wisdom. <sighs> He's really he doesn't do much. He's there to drive around at first, and then yeah, to get beat up by the jocks. <laughs> Uh, they also encounter beautiful Christy Boner, played by Christy Swanson. Yeah. Did a lot of legwork on that one. It's like, let's get Christy Swanson and call her Christy Boner. <laughs> Dude, you touched Christy Boner's hoo-hoos. Shippy! Oh, I don't even remember touching Christy Boner's hoo-hoos. She was into it. I was not! They also encounter her aggressive jock boyfriend, Tommy, played by Charlie O'Connell. And Charlie O'Connell. Ah, he's so good in this role, right? Was he the standby me O'Connell, or is he the other one? He's the other one. Okay, I can't ever keep track of them. Yeah, the, he's dating movie Buffy in this movie, but his brother that dates is movie TV Buffy. Buffy in real life. Wow. At the time? Because yeah. TV Buffy is married to Freddie Prince well, Jr. now. Okay. 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 But back then. Back then, it was, a, it was a free game. Mm-hmm. Buffy's supposed to do the slaying, but instead the O'Connells are doing the slaying. Yeah, O'Connells. they're the Buffy slayers. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that was a long-winded way of saying uh, an actual IMDb trivia fact, basically. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they also encounter a couple of hard-nosed police detectives and eventually a reclusive French ostrich farmer named Pierre, played by Brent Spiner. I would give him the fucking, but he refused to put his name in this movie and then later was like, actually, it might have been my best work. It was pretty unagreeable. <laughs> <laughs> no mention whatsoever on the Wikipedia synopsis of Mark. Freakingcage.com? Freakingcage.com. Email me, freakingcage.com. Andy <laughs> fucking dick. Yeah. In a cage, being held prisoner by a French ostrich farmer. It sucks, because... I mean, god damn it, it's Andy Dick, but motherfuck, he's funny as shit in this role. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, and you hate it, but fuck, man. The, Mark is an enjoyable character for the brief time that we encounter him. And I always think that like it's way later in the movie, but that's almost like just the midpoint is when we get to yeah. this. Yeah. They also meet two groups of aliens, one being five gorgeous women, the other being two Norwegian men, both <laughs> groups searching for the continuum transfunctioner an extraterrestrial device that the boys accidentally picked up last night. I like how we don't get any actual like flashbacks to the night before. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Like Story-wise, that makes the most sense for this movie mm-hmm. because it does keep escalating and escalating and escalating. And I feel like if they had flashed back to anything at all, it would take the steam out of this movie. Yeah. I don't want to see their shenanigans. I don't I think need it's to see funnier them. I like discovering the, yeah. them with them. Exactly. It's a mystery, and we're here to solve it. And, uh, and if they can't remember yesterday, why should I? Yeah. Exactly. It's the tipping, ticking time bomb scenario, too. Like, eventually we get to there. At first, it's just a, a silly meander. Oh, hey, stoners, we lost our car. And then, eventually, the fate of the universe Stinks. is in the hands of Jesse and Chester. <laughs> That's another one that sticks with... For some reason, when they go to the strip club, 
And uh, the way the stripper says Chester, she says it with more like an A. She's like, it's Mr. Chester. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> that is in my head forever, like rent free. I don't think anybody will ever be able to watch this movie again without hearing that now, though. So now it's going to be in everybody's head rent free. You're welcome. Spread the pain. After Pierre releases the duo for correctly answering a question about ostriches, Jesse and Chaster head over to a local <laughs> arcade named Captain Stew's Spaceorama. <laughs> and they do the pose. I love it when it cuts back to them both doing it. They're both so happy and goofy. God damn it. Once inside, they encounter Zoltan and his cultists who give them Wilma and Wanda in exchange for a toy that Jesse and Chester try to pass off as the transfunctioner. What a shitty toy, by the way. <laughs> Total I don't piece know what this shit. toy is. Why yeah. are like, so they, many kids They try to make it, it look fun, and these kids just running around holding it in the air. <laughs> it's like, it blinks. It looks like a flashlight or, uh, if you want to be crude, a vibrator with like a triangle glued to the front that flashes. Yeah. And- <laughs> All yeah. these kids love it for some reason. <laughs> this is the best toy they have at Captain Stew's Spaceorama. <laughs> it's a good move by them. I like when they like give it's, it out and then they're just like pretty smart trying to sneak away all like Scooby Doo style. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, Christy, and the jocks arrive along with Nelson and his dog, whom they release after Tommy snatches the fake transfunctioner from Zoltan. Everybody's getting brawly. The two sets of aliens arrive and notify everyone of the real Continuum Transfunctioner, a Rubik's Cube that Chester has been working hard to solve the entire movie. Man, so many payoffs (laughs) that just get established. Chekhov's... uh, Rubik's Cube? (laughs) Chekhov's MacGuffin. Uh, And that's that's saying something. I just like how they, like, occasionally show him doing it. You're like, Mm -hmm. okay, all right. Oh, yeah, he still hasn't gotten that. Yeah, it makes sense that he's too dumb to figure it out. I love when uh, Charlie O'Connell breaks the toy, and every time they reference him, he's like, Stoner Bashing <laughs> The most, like, generic jock thing of all time, and he just plays right into it so hard. So good. Oh. Chester solves the Rubik's Cube on the spot, causing the device to shapeshift into its true form. It's a ball. It's just a ball. <laughs> I love that, like, the aliens show up, and they're like, that's not a continuum transfunctioner. Sorry. <clears throat> That's not a continuum transfunctioner. I like how much worse the actual continuum transfunctioner looks than the toy did. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, it's a Rubik's Cube. Oh, it's, <laughs> it looks so it's, much worse. This stupid ball with lights. It's a ball. It's got three light, five lights on it. The boys are warned that once the five lights stop flashing, the universe will be destroyed. The five deep crystals. We got from... We got from hey, where's my car, too. The universe will be destroyed. (laughs) Jesse and Chester must determine which group of aliens is there to protect the universe and which is there to destroy it. Both claim to be the protectors of the universe, stating that they were with Jesse and Chester. Jesse and Jester. There it is. I knew it was going to happen at some point. Wow! Jesse and Jester. Uh, sometimes people swap first first initials. It happens all the time. (laughs) It sure does. That's what friendship's all about. Both groups of aliens claim that they were with him the night before, which Jesse and Chester still cannot remember anything from, and ask for the transfunctioner. Sure, Wikipedia. (laughs) They ask for the transfunctioner that they're holding in their hands already. Uh The two correctly choose the men, who answer their question about the previous night by stating that they got a hole-in-one in in the 18th hole at the arcade's main golf park and won a lifetime supply of pudding. Chekhov's pudding. 
That must be like one of the hardest holes ever, you think? Because like a hole in one in putt putt isn't that uncommon. No, but usually the 18th hole has a prize and they make it super difficult. Or they take your ball. A year's supply of pudding is pretty huge uh, payout there. That's a big payout. And they had it on hand, too. So, like, good for them. At the last second, they deactivate the transfunctioner, saving the universe. Enraged, the five alien women merge to transform into its true form, a beautiful giantess clad in a purple bra and miniskirt, played by Jody Ann Patterson. And little unicorn panties, right? Well, not little. <laughs> they make a yeah. point of, like, walking over this. Oh, it's got father, one of the better son, lines in the movie father, right son. there, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to go on that ride, Daddy. <laughs> Me too, Me son. too, son. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> she uh. devours Tommy alive in front of Christy, who reacts with indifference. And then the giantess crawls out of the amusement center and chases Jesse and Chester. The cultists tell them to activate the photon accelerator annihilation beam on the transfunctioner. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) However, the button that activates it is too far in to reach. Do you think that the Swedish guys use their weird tiny little alien penises to press that button? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think that until now. That's, that's why they wear the, the tight leather. <laughs> they do one cock push-up, because you only need one. Did you they come back naked like Arnold Schwarzenegger, too? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> At the last second, Chester remembers the nature show with the tool using chimpanzees and uses a straw to push the recessed button, thus destroying the alien. Whoa. Chekhov's yeah. primate, Andrew, comes back <laughs> Andrew for the win. Andrew has made it. <laughs> Tommy survives, but Christy breaks up with him in favor of Nelson, because Nelson's got that cool pot-smoking dog. That's true. <laughs> He's got his own pipe, dude. <laughs> it looks like it. Which is so weird. <laughs> Touch his pipe not, bro. Like it, he does not. For a second, it's like, we haven't... Yoda. At some point, somebody in this movie paid for the creation of a fully animatronic dog to use... Yeah. So at one point for sleeping on its side and then another for it to growl in his face, we had to get while smoking a pipe that looks yeah. like it. Yeah. Just- <laughs> we we had I wonder how much that animatronic dog cost to get built. Honestly, <laughs> worth it. Worth every penny. Every penny. <laughs> the protectors thank Jesse, Chester, and the twins for saving the world and erase their minds concerning the events. The protectors park the duo's car, a Renault Lacar, behind a mail truck for them to find the following morning. Jesse and Chester salvage the relationship with the twins and discover the special treat from the girls turns out to be matching berets <laughs> with Jesse and Chester's <laughs> names embroidered on the front. Oh, it's so goofy and I love it. <laughs> it matches their jumps, their tracksuits. I don't know why they'd be upset. It's true. The protectors leave a gift for their girlfriends and for the two men, breast enhancement necklaces. Because, yep, 2000. Uh-huh. I like that both the twins are just super into this. Immediately, they're like, oh, wow. Oh, this is such a nice (laughs) necklace. Also, oh, neat. My value in society has increased. (laughs) The early aughts are a bad time. Jennifer Garner was like into this. Like, yeah. Okay. The film ends with Jesse, Chester, and the twins going out for Chinese food in Jesse's car while arguing about what their tattoos say. Masterpiece. Absolute, Ma- absolute masterpiece. masterpiece. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with 
a uh, six. Six? Okay. Um, let me tell you why I think it's higher. Yeah, please. We have two seemingly one-dimensional protagonists with a mysterious past and a yearning to answer the titular mystery of the film, right? Yes. A question that leads them on a journey through their past and reveals truths about them that make their characters deeper and more well-rounded. Okay. Ultimately, the mystery is solved for the audience, but the protagonists are never wiser to the answer of the titular question, and therefore, I submit that Dude, Where's My Car is the Citizen Kane of stoner movies. Wow! I can't argue. Uh, I was just going to say, the movie asks a base question, Dude, Where's My Car? (laughs) And it answers this question. We get Dude's Car. It's a fully complete movie. Uh, But yes, Citizen Kane of Stoner movies. I'll second that. (laughs) Eight. Eight. I would go, I felt eight. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect Citizen Kane to give it a two point bump, but I'm I'm here for it. But next up is casting. It's perfect. It's Mm -hmm. so good. At one point, uh, Seth Rogen apparently auditioned for the movie, and I know at one point Jake Gyllenhaal wanted to play Jesse, or they wanted Jake Gyllenhaal or something like that, and that would have been a very different movie. Would have. But these yeah. two are absolutely iconic in this role now. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Especially for people of a certain age. Yeah. This guy. Uh, I feel like it's funny because earlier today I was listening to the Apollo 13 episode, and you guys talked <laughs> about how perfect the casting is in that, and I was like... Really, in this movie, it is too, though. I was thinking that the whole time. <laughs> it all works, man. Yeah. It all works very well. Eight! I like it. <laughs> Eight. Next up, we have the protagonists. It's Jesse and Chester. Jesse and Chester. Jesse and Chester. They ask a question, and by golly, do they answer it. They get the answer. They don't really answer it themselves. <laughs> but they also save the universe. They do save the universe. They get to touch uh, Christy Boner's hoo-hoos. Sure do. Don't even remember doing it. They get a special treat. They, they do get a special treat. Girls named the twins that look nothing alike. <laughs> that has always bothered me. Yeah, I know. It's uh, so Not enough, but it's always bothered me. Yeah. They're both brunette. That's fine. <laughs> oh, wow. One's like six feet I'm tall. I'm speaking as the 2000s not. producer. Know, not, as a... <laughs> not as me. That's great. Uh, I don't know. They're, they're both super likable guys. Right? Super likable, yeah. They have a classic... Doofy charm. There's something endearing about them. I feel okay with Seven. Seven feels all right. Antagonist. The antagonist, at least right now, is me. Uh Uh-oh. Because, Kyle, you are our first guest. So I think it's only fair that we play a little game that we call Tap Master. Okay, I'm into that. Also, just want... Man, thanks, guys, for having me be first guest. Was I not also last guest of the... You were. That's when we promised you first guest also. You guys are Which, sweet. I should point out, really, really pissed off Dave Novak. And that <laughs> oh, always no. makes me happy. I didn't. I was just honored. Now I'm honored and I feel good, too. Good. Well, good. I'm going to read something that he, he demanded I read for this. Okay. For this movie. Uh, Dave Novak, you've heard him before. You'll hear him again. He said that, I'll quote him. I was taking German in middle school when this movie came out. Its German translation is, I man, wo ist mein Auto? I always thought that was neat. <laughs> then he just left it at that. That's it? That hey, was man, it. I'll fasten my auto. <laughs> That's actually the, the perfect Dave Novak message. It is. 
Tapmaster <laughs> is a game we played on Patreon. It is based on the British show Taskmaster, which if you haven't watched it, what the fuck are you doing with your life? And it's named by me. Exactly. Brian won the competition in order to name the show. I'm going to give both of you just really inane tasks to complete. And whoever loses is going to have to finish their drink. So I've come up with four categories for this. All right. None of these involve you getting up. Thank God. I promise. I have to put that out there because we had a bit of an issue uh, on the Patreon with one <laughs> where I demanded that uh, as a tiebreaker, someone had to uh, put on a green shirt as fast as they could. <laughs> and oh. Both Brian and Dave Novak both sprinted and Dave came back first because <laughs> his apartment was smaller. That's, we determined. <laughs> that's what it came down to. Are you boys ready to play some Tapmaster? Yes. Absolutely. Good. Uh, which of you is going to go first for the first task? Guest goes first. Yeah, I'll, okay. break. I'll break this ice. Let me just take a quick breath and Van Damme myself, because you two are going to alternate. First one to make me laugh. Oh, Gets God. the points. And go. Ryan Johnson is a good director. <laughs> and then... Uh, it's... Ryan, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, Kyle, go ahead. Again. I don't know. It's... Uh, I got uh, on the spot... <gasps> yeah, it's tricky, right? It's too tricky. That's what I Make got. me laugh. Hey! And then? He's just going to keep building up to end then. He might. Yeah. Seth MacFarlane rules. It gets funnier. It does go around and around. Uh, I'd like to continue threats function on your butt. God. <laughs> That's got it. Okay. Kyle's <laughs> embarrassment. I'm so dead. He felt so ashamed by that. It was so dumb. That's what I came up with. And then it was so dumb. And then. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not even I've mad. Never seen a person. Cower in just embarrassment <laughs> that quickly. Hey man, you gotta, you you gotta so shoot the ashamed. shot. They don't all go in, you know. Oh, you gotta shoot. Fantastic, uh, Kyle. Uh, I'll just make it easy. Uh, two points. All right, Woo. Brian. One point for keeping it topical. Thank you. Hey, no, no problem. <laughs> I'll take your penny points. Next, it's a little quick game that I call "Pick It Up and Put It Down." So. Without moving your chair or leaving your chair, pick up and show me the heaviest thing that you could pick up. The heaviest wins. Has to be within arm's reach. Uh, I have a PlayStation 3. <laughs> okay. That's, that's pretty that's, good. That's pretty good. I was wondering how hard I was going to actually have to try. What do you got, Brian? <laughs> Brian is just holding up a single beer. Oh, no, no, no. Is no. that oh. it? Oh, no, he's not. I see we're gonna have going. to we're gonna have to move some things here. Are you gonna pick up a table? Just liquids. I'm moving some <laughs> liquids around. You have a lot of liquids on that table. Yeah, it's a li liquid laden table for sure. <laughs> oh, my mic is attached to this table. Oh! Yeah, you should have thought of that before. It makes it heavier though. Oh, Brian is struggling with the angle on this thing. <laughs> uh, Brian's gonna win this one. He yeah. has lifted up his table with his mic attached to it, and he is. It, there was nothing graceful about that picking up no, and putting down. No, no. Uh, I struggled to put it back down, too. Uh, Brian, I'm going to give you uh, three points. Three points. Yep. And Kyle, I'm going to give you uh, two points because PlayStation 3, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for round three? Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, this time you have to make me laugh, but in German. <sighs> okay. Me first again? Yep. Okay. Und keinen Well, I'm not counting that. That was close. That was real close. <laughs> Brian, are you Googling German things? Und dann. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's taking advantage of the world around him right now. I had to access Google Translate real quick for that, but uh, it was worth it. Brian, uh, two points. Kyle, you get one point because you did it off the, your dome, and I appreciate that. Thank you, Tool. So right now the score is Brian has six, Kyle has five. Ooh. Now this last one's going to be tricky. Oh, no. I'm going to say be on your toes for this. And if you haven't realized already, it's a very German-based game, thanks to what Dave Novak has, had previously said about his German class in middle school. Of course. So this one is called Best Worst. You are both going to alternate naming different meats. Okay. Any delays or stoppages means you lose. Sure. Oh, my God. No thinking time for your meats. This is Best Worst. Kyle. Whenever you're ready. Gabagool. Bratwurst. Liverwurst. Knockwurst. Salami. Bologna. Turkey. Ham. Uh, beef. Pork. Uh, lamb chop. Bacon. Rack of ribs. Brian, you're out. Yeah, That, that, was, that was long enough to stop. Kyle, whew. congratulations. You have won the first ever main channel tap master. Brian, you're going to have to pound your beer. I'm going to have to finish this pibber. Brian does have a PBR. He's a man of class and taste. And he's throwing it down. No questions asked. This is why I love Brian. No questions asked. It's a good game, Brian. Kudos, sir. Well, well played. I that thought was, I had um... you with the German, the Unt keine Eier. That, that means don't forget the eggs. <laughs> yeah, but Und dann. That's all it's a callback. Who would have thought it? Repetition is funny. It is funny. To a point. Yes. Uh, antagonist. Like antagonist, we were yeah. Uh, it's fine. They're there. It's aliens, it's I guess. We are super hot chicks. Super hot chicks who turn into one giant super hot chick. Yeah, three. Fine. They're there. We'll give you oral pleasure. Another one of the lines that just has stayed with me forever. Because I don't know when I'll get to say it. <laughs> yeah, Not that a, part. It's but weird. The, the other part where uh, Chester goes, look, why don't you give me oral pleasure like he starts pointing at jesse first <laughs> how about you give me oral pleasure and then if there's some time you can take care of my friend here it's very polite of him mm -hmm. so, dude what still three three yeah let's talk about the screenplay i want to make an argument for this because i actually think it's really good okay because this movie is very ahead of its time because all this movie really is is a series of short sketches almost as they try to figure out their day, reconstructing whatever happened the night before. Yeah. Most of it's nonsensical, but they just kind of slap them together to make a story at a point. It feels like, I don't want to say it's like Vine-esque in the length of these things. Okay. But these are just really short get in, get out sketches that don't have any real development to them. They just have a punchline, and that is it. We've got, yeah. There's no real setup to it. It's just funny vignettes. It's Jesse and Chester and their reactions. That's why, to me, 
watching it this time, man, uh, I had a lot of like moments of like classic vaudeville and slapstick, which is giving a lot of credit. That's to a lot the of credit. Where, but it is. But, but you're not like, wrong. There's the part where like they're getting hit by the cars, and that's very hysterical. Like, I hilarious. lost it. There's yeah. the part where they're interacting with uh, the blind cop guy, where like he just keeps making everything worse, and they're just like. And they want to be nice, but he's, it's like, but Gene, you sent my car to the impound, but I need that car, Gene. And he's like, yeah, really sorry about that, fellas. Uh, oof. And then we or get, with the, uh, that other cop lady, he's yeah. like, anyone who's reached their hand under here has lost some fingers. When she laughs at him, when she Oh, uh, so good. Now, that's yeah. not to say that this movie, just based on its history, should be like a one for screenplay. I'm yeah. only arguing for like a six. I feel comfortable with a six. I'm not going to argue any of this. Like, I think, hell yeah. <laughs> it's way too high. But it's so high. Damn I mean, it, I liked it. Again, like, yeah, it's it's interconnected things. They do at least blend them together. Like, some things are out of left field. Like, Pierre is Pierre, like, yeah. what the fuck? It's insane. His and then, ostrich like, farm. Even the payoff for Pierre is not there because I still, where, who the fuck takes their car at the end? Is it the Swedish guys? Why the hell did Pierre even buy that piece of shit car right. and then store it in his barn? Yeah. And he's like, oh. And then why does he have a jail at an ostrich farm? And why are there so many ostrich poachers <laughs> that require- I like how the ostriches are just like velociraptors. It's so good. <laughs> like, you know that somebody smoked like an entire bowl. Oh, and there's yeah. like well, watching yeah. Jurassic Park be like, oh, they're kind and of like ostriches. Like, Jesse I have an them idea llamas. The, for this. Yes. <laughs> he calls them llamas. Again, the fact that they stretch the joke out it's when so he's good. like, all right, we're going to slowly turn around. And he turns around from one ostrich <laughs> to two. And then he's like, all right, we're going to slowly turn around. And then suddenly it's three ostriches. And God damn it, I laughed my ass off again, having seen it multiple times. And, knowing, and like, I'm convinced that Scrubs has an ostrich episode because of this. It's possible. I'm convinced. Stupid llama. Stupid llama. (laughs) Yeah, stand by it. Hell yeah. Six. Six. I love where this is all going. Let's talk about the style and tone. It is a snapshot of its time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But yet somehow still ahead of its time. And yet somehow still knew it wouldn't age terribly well at some points. Yeah. Absolutely. It knew. It was funny, before we started watching it, my wife Mandy and I were talking about how we were both going to work on bringing back the long sleeve shirt underneath the t-shirt look this year. Oh, absolutely. And then Chester's rocking that exact look in this movie, and we were like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Bringing it back, Mr. Chester. go back even just like a little bit farther, you can get like a nice uh, plaid shirt and tie that around your waist mm-hmm. just for the look. It's mm-hmm. like the, that right there is like the, the Big Willie style, like cigar. <laughs> But for like the grunge nineties, <laughs> like you're not gonna wear that plaid shirt. No, the army just for the look. I had two. I still have one. Like the I don't green like it. Jacket. I have them. That's cool. What category are we on? Uh, style and tone. <laughs> Four. I don't know. I lost Five. it on the. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, silly. Five. Five. I was gonna say five for style and tone. Feels right. Yeah. Doesn't feel wrong. I should say. It doesn't. More than anything. Yeah. <laughs> Director, Danny Liner. He found a niche yeah. between this and Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. And then the single episodes of almost every TV show that's ever existed. Really? He's just, he's, he's a TV guy? He's He does a lot of single episodes of shows you've heard of. And then just 
doesn't do anymore. Did like, he do oh, music yeah, videos? Danny Liner. Like I said, this this one feels like very music video esque to me. Like especially when they go up to the twins' house, like. That's like the opening house from the lit oh, music yeah. video, is it I not? I thought you were going to say, it feels very music video-esque when they do the music video. Well, that too, yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, it does. Also, I can't That's believe Jesse walks around in socks with that big of holes in it. I could never. I could never. Couldn't. No. I hate it. Never. I hate that feeling. Yep. Drives Completely me agree. Sells the stoner. and they're fl- uh. Aesthetically, what did we say? Five, six. Done. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Just adjust that. Okay, director. <laughs> Getting to director for the first time ever. No, that's where we were, right? Yeah. Five. Five? Yeah, I'll I thought that's what we were talking that. about was director with Danny Liner. I mean, we talked about his whole history of how he may or may not have done music videos. Did he or did he not? Doesn't matter. Five. Five. Yeah, five. Next up is music. <laughs> it's, uh, it's there. It's a pop there. punk soundtrack. But, it yeah. is, but it's also not like a known. No, I did not know for... any of these as a pop punk guy. Like, Two. Hey, let's uh, let's get what we can afford. Two, Two to acknowledge that there's music. Yeah, it exists. It's timely. Next up is box office. Last week we did a little retooling of the scale. Let's see how it works out for us. <laughs> we might need to do some further retooling. <laughs> I, I was waiting for this when I looked at this and was like, oh, wow. Because uh, this movie only cost thirteen million dollars to make, Ooh. and it's. It's life. It, it grossed $73 million. What a return on that investment. It's, uh, it's a big it's one. Big wow. one. It made its money back opening wow. weekend. I'm surprised yeah. it didn't get yeah. a sequel with how well that did, to be honest with you. That's that's a good point. Did Citizen Kane ever get a sequel? That's true. Mm. The, yeah. <laughs> the, the parallels. This movie came out the same week as <laughs> What Women Want and The Emperor's New Groove. Oh, it's man. One of those trio is a great movie. movies. Emperor's New Groove is fantastic. It's my favorite animated Disney movie. Wow. High praise. It's Speaking so of good, Yeah, I don't hate what women want. So I don't either, but I like Emperor's New Groove a whole lot more. That's Absolutely. Fair. What Women Want finished first box office that week, followed by How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and then Dude, Where's My Car, Emperor's New Groove, and others. And others. But damn, 73 mil. Way to go. But 73 mil, uh, that's 563%. That is a 10, even with our new score. Damn! We might want to do something uh, based on dollar value instead of... Yeah, we're going to have to figure that out. Well, we're going to... More retooling! Damn. Possibly. That's huge. And the final category is impact on the industry. Can we be the industry this time? Are we the industry? Because this movie has greatly impacted me. True. It taught me about Irish exits. (laughs) Taught me about love and loss. Tommy, my life will be infinitely better if my girlfriend's boobs are just bigger. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's the lesson they were trying to get to. Uh, That's what they got, though. Yeah. I don't think it has an enormous impact on the industry. No. No, There there were talks for a long time about a sequel called Seriously Dude, Where's My Car? And uh, I think that hasn't been been referenced recently, but the last last they're talking about it was 2017, so it's not... I'm glad that it never did, man. I think it's way better standing alone. I agree. Does Uh, anybody clamber for Super Troopers 2? They got it. They they did get it eventually, and... And it was. How was it? Mm -hmm. It was... Everybody loved that one. I had a product placement in that movie, so... (laughs) There you go! They did run a four-year consideration uh, campaign using the line, Dude, where's my Oscar? Wow! Good that you, huh? is good marketing. They did not get nominated for anything, though. Well, no. So. <laughs> but still. Uh, yeah, three. 
Three sounds right. Three. That's going to give Dude, Where's My Car a total score of 57. That was scary for a second because on the tomato meter, it's a 17% and the audience score is a 47%. There we go. I'm glad that we appreciate it. Yeah. If it wasn't for that 10 for box office, we'd be dead. Right there. Yep. (laughs) Wow. That is shockingly accurate. Yeah, well, it feels good. That one felt all right. It's one of those movies that we like, and therefore I think we score appropriately. Yeah. You know what? It, uh, maybe not everybody's cup of tea, but our cup of tea makes it uh, 57. I'm, I'm glad Absolutely. I could come on and share this gift with you guys. I'm glad I could expose Brian to it for the first time. I love doing that. So, hell yeah. Who knew? Uh, I, I am curious. Did you guys expect this, or what were you expecting? <laughs> I was expecting anything trauma. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that, that would have that been... That's exactly where my head was. I was not expecting this movie I was not ready all. for this. But I didn't really have any preconceived notions of what it might be. Excellent. I did. Nukem High was very high on my list of what <laughs> Kyle was going to throw away. <laughs> very high. I almost... I could have gone with uh, Surf Nazis, because I actually... I, I think I've said I own that one. That's one of the few trauma movies I physically own a copy of, so... Eh. But no, man. Like, I also own Dude, Where's My Car on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch that one too. It was like the standard definition, but it's a good time, man. It still works. Yeah. Thank you guys though. That was awesome. I- I'm glad that I got to revisit this this movie. Because like I said, it, it kind of broke Ryan. I think we did it the very first Stoner movie September. It's like when a dog eats something that's like too sour and it can't get the taste out of its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> is this gonna be forever? <laughs> that is fair. Kyle, I'm looking forward to your next surprise for when you come back. Your next envelope. <laughs> I will see, I'll keep sending envelopes. I think that'll be a fun thing. I think it's terrific. But yeah, Brian. Yeah. You're up for next week. Why don't you beer everyone a movie for next week? All right. Let me, let me beer you a movie. We're going to go from a couple of stupid people to a platform that creates them. I want to talk about 2010's The Social Network. Ooh. One of my favorite film soundtracks. It's a good soundtrack. Atticus Ross and fucking Trent Reznor, baby. Goddamn right it is. It absolutely is. And it's got uh, the, the Jesse Eisenbergs and the Justin and Timberlakes. So David Fincher. What a pick. Fire on all cylinders here, boys. Good job. I bro. love it. Next week, The Social Network. Until then, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Join us on Patreon this month for a, a Beer Me a Board Game Packs recap. You can email your questions and comments to beermeamoviepod at gmail.com. And uh, follow us on social media at Beer Me a Movie on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and at Beer Me a Movie Pod on Twitter. And then, of course, on Facebook, we're always putting up our posts asking for your questions and comments on the days we record. And we have a couple questions. Mike Lanham wants to know everyone has misplaced wallets, keys, and cell phones. What's something you've lost and searched hours for only for it to be in plain sight or the most obvious place? I very recently was talking on the phone while searching my entire apartment for my phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. So nice. I feel like mine's not as obvious, but it definitely was. Is I wear contacts, and uh, whenever you drop one of those bad boys, it's not mm. good because you know it's like a fun time. right there, but you can't see it for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> he gone. So that. And Jeff Miners wants to know. If we've ever been in a similar situation, either hungover or stoned, that the boys in this movie got themselves into. And Jeff, 
You are very aware of the Christmas vacation scenario that just played out. <laughs> You're very aware of it. Yeah. Luckily, there's a record of that that we can piece together tonight. We can, and it's being edited as we speak, and it will be released at some point, the drunk cut. It's your own glass onion. There you go. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to call it drunk onion. <laughs> Kyle, thanks for joining us. Thank you, boys. It's a, it's a true treat. I, I take great honor in being the last and the first. Where can people find you as if they didn't know? Uh, you know. Experience grind, search for that. Uh, it's the one with the gear. Uh, if you want to follow on Twitter, it's at exp grind podcast. I blocked Kevin Sorbo, so uh, <laughs> that's it's is about over. time, though. Yeah. Really, it's about time. I've moved on, everybody. So we're having fun again. Come hang out, it's a good time. <laughs> and I'm and no you're longer being lined in acid. Yeah, two, 2023 is the year of positivity for me. So let's go, everybody. Woohoo! So that's why you got rid of Kevin Sorbo. Mm, makes perfect to. sense. Yeah, that that checks to, out. So. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, you, I love you, buddy. Always fun talking to you. Brian, do you have anything else? That is it for me. Fantastic. Next week, the social network. We'll see you then. Next week. On Beer Me a Movie Theater, Dave and Brian will be watching The Social Network.